0: Welcome to Thrive Church Online. We are here to know God, to grow in Him, and go. We hope you feel encouraged and equipped through this week's message. So man, first of all, Merry Christmas. Uh, Thank you. It's uh, Man, this is honestly usually one of my most favorite times of the year. Uh, Man, it's been crazy this year we've had... um, In this last couple weeks' series, we've had a lot of uh, folks that are very close to us go on to be with the Lord. Um, We've uh, seen a lot of people face sickness and hardship. And uh, man, it's just been an insane season. Um, But um, I couldn't help but think, um, what am I really looking for in this season? So before we dive into that, I want to take just a moment uh, and just kind of lean back to our last series uh, called At the Core. Uh, If you missed that series, but you love the church, I would love for you to go and check those out on our podcast. Um, We started out with week one, which this is the whole purpose we exist, is to make Jesus famous. Uh, And it's so portable because, you know, when you go into the restaurant and you're getting ready to be a jerk, you just remember you got to make Jesus famous and jerks don't make you famous. You try to forget jerks. Um, Then we talked about being kingdom minded, because if you're kingdom minded, you're never internally fighting. You're always kingdom focused. Uh, it's how you keep junk away from the church. You don't have to... You want to know if two people in the church start arguing, it's because somebody or both of them are not kingdom-minded. If you let them start gossiping, it's because one or both of them are not kingdom-minded. So if you want to keep the enemy at bay, just stay kingdom-minded. Second thing is this, we think that Jesus' house needs to be filled, not because we care about numbers, we care about people. Um, So I have a garage that is... uh, I'm guessing at this 20 feet wide and like 24 feet long. And I'm going to have 22 people in it today. There will be nothing silent or, 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 or quiet about my night. Right. But here's the thing. I think this I think at Christmas, my house should be filled. I, I like it. The more people the, look, I got my, my, my son's girlfriend's parents are coming and they're bringing their dog. And it makes my dog look calm. We're going to have muddy paw prints and dirty people and probably food stolen off of plates. It'll look more like National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation than it does <laughs> uh, like a Christmas. But you know what? I love it. I love that because I think that my house should be filled. And if I feel that way at a celebration, how does Jesus feel about His house? And then we go on and we talked about, man, we should be a church filled with radically generous people. Um, I love I love blessing people. I love being a blessing to people. And if we live a ch- if we're a church full of that, where everybody's using their times, talents, and gift to bless each other, man, what a place to go! Like that's a church I want to be a part of. And then lastly, we talked about uh, lost, buried, and left. How how man we go after after the lost, and we go after those uh, that are buried underneath things. And uh, so anyway, so this week we're focusing on Jesus's birthday. Um, Which is, man, there's so much irony in Jesus' birth. Um, If you're not familiar with the story, I'm going to give you the recap. It's like the 32nd version. Um, Is this, is that uh, Mary was a virgin and she got pregnant, which is weird. Because in my 7th grade sex talk class with the little film with the two reels on it, they said virginity was the way that you kept from getting pregnant. Matter of fact, the good girls, the holy girls were the ones that weren't having sex. None of them caught an STD. None of them caught a baby. <laughs> but Mary, can you imagine that jacked up story? Hey dad, just got to tell you, Joseph's a great dude. He had not like, tried to palm me, molest me. He's not an octopus, a dude with eight hands. Like the dude has been like right, but <laughs> I'm pregnant. How many of y'all are buying this? Yeah, but an angel of the Lord appeared to me. You know, it's a funny thing. The only two people that saw an angel was Joseph and Mary. If I'm Joseph, I want one of them angels to go talk to her daddy, because you could tell he wasn't. You can tell he wasn't from Southern Israel because he'd had a shotgun. And my daddy said, "Amen, bro. Look." It's going to be like that song by, by, you know, got a little change in my pocket. I'm just saying. So they end up getting married and, and, and Joseph, let me say this. Joseph is a good man. No, no, no. Like Joseph, everybody goes, oh, you should have the patience of Job. You should have the attitude of Joseph. Because let me tell you something. If, if my fiance shows up pregnant and I know we ain't, woo-hoo, she gone. It's going to take more than an angel of the Lord to convince me. Can I just be honest? Like it's going to take like something signed. Because now Joseph's the dude married to that girl. I love this. And Joseph, the scripture says this, and Joseph was was, uh, committed to putting her away quietly. I'm like, yeah, I know what that means. You know what I'm talking about? Chick, chick. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, the whole story of Jesus from conception to mom and dad getting married to then, oh yeah, there's this census and everybody's got to go back to their hometown where their husband's born. So they, they, they go there and, man, never traveled. First of all, I'm surprised they made it because if you've ever traveled with a pregnant lady, you're stopping at every Sheets and Bucky's in four states because they got to pee. I'm surprised they made I'm surprised they made it with just one kid. Can we be honest? Like and you know, the caravan showed up and had 32 kids there. And it was anyway. So they get there and then like the one thing you think that God would do is make a reservation. Like God, look, I, I put up with people talking about my wife and people thinking I'm stupid. And now we're traveling with the pregnant lady. And man, pregnant women are just irritable. And just because she's the son of Jesus doesn't mean she's not human, so she liked gave Joseph the junk all the way down there. You know, you're going too fast. You're going too slow. You're too close to the donkey ahead of us. Like, you know, right? Joseph's like, God help her. Just literally, shut up. Um, that made that drip more fun. Then they get there and and like there's no place for 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 the baby. And so they end up having Jesus in a barn. Like none of their life worked out the way they thought it should. I guess my question to you today is can you still find Jesus when nothing works out this week the way that you think that it's supposed to? When the people that show up don't act like they're supposed to and they say things that didn't work out and they do things that didn't work out and the way you had it in your head, Christmas just doesn't walk up to. Can you still find God? So as we move through that, it's weird because So Jesus is born. Some wise men show up and they bring gold and frankincense and myrrh, which were all super valuable, right? So Joseph is like, finally this kid is paying off. I see that he's God now, right? (laughs) But then we got to, because uh, the the, the king wants to kill all the firstborn babies because he finds out that Jesus is king of the Jews, right? And he's afraid that he's going to lose power. So they've got to flee to Africa. Well, guess where the money went? I don't know if you tried to leave a country, but it ain't cheap. But here's the thing, God always provides before you get where you're supposed to need. So here's the thing, you don't need to pray for patience. I mean, I would, but you've got all the patience you need for this holiday. you got all the patience you need for family. You may not want to use it. Anybody ever get money and watch it go? And you're like, God, I don't ever have any money. And God's sitting there going, Noah, I sent it to you in advance. You didn't have to pray for it. Shut up. Makes sense. So, so Joseph's like, look, we got gold and frankincense and myrrh. And then he's like, oh, it's going to cost me gold and frankincense and myrrh to get Africa and back. Makes sense. But here's the weird thing. So, so Jesus is born and they take off. And you don't hear anything else about Jesus till He's 12. So you've got a miraculous birth followed by um, Him. Basically, they're in this big caravan. They go to the temple. The caravan takes off and Jesus just stays behind it pretty much is home alone with a biblical twist. <laughs> right? So like Jesus is there and he's Scripture says that He's in the, he's in the temple teaching. Now imagine this 12-year-old little snot is teaching to the point where, where men that have spent their whole lives in the temple are amazed at the truth that He's unveiling. And then Mary shows back up. She has a mom moment. Jesus is like, where do you think I'd be? And she's like, oh, I know where you should have been. And it's a whole thing. And then nothing. Nothing is said about Jesus until He's 30. The next 18 years, nothing is said about Jesus. Here's what I wonder. I wonder if you could be in a quiet part of your life where God is actually developing you for the next part of your ministry. So if this is a season where you break out and people see your ministry, or this is a season where you just stay quiet in the dark, don't despise the day of small beginnings. Scripture says this, they never despise the day of small beginnings. Be okay to live your life in some obscurity. Because when it's time, God will push you to the forefront. Don't try to push yourself. Jesus' is, Jesus's first miracle, He looked at His mom and said, Woman, that's how you knew He was son of God because He got away with it. Woman, my time has not yet come. Jesus was perfectly okay to live His life without the publicity. Matter of fact, Scripture teaches in a couple points, He gets rid of crowds. He doesn't really try to hang out with them. So nothing's said till he's 30. That's before Jesus turns water into wine. That's before He's recorded healing anybody. Before He walks on water. Before He turns over tables. Before He raises the dead. All, none of this has happened yet. All He's done is He just survived from zero to 30. That's it. That's where we're at. He's done nothing. He's done no Jesus stuff. He's been a carpenter and he used a ruler like he wasn't just going like you know what i mean like he was doing all the stuff that blue collar workers do putting up with customers putting up with his family dealing with people in the community he's done nothing special and i just wonder this i wonder i wonder how many of us are waiting to do something to get recognized for people to see in us what we feel like God put inside of us. Somehow to prove to them that we're called. Check this out. In Matthew chapter 3, 13-17, it says this, and then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan and he, he went there to be baptized by Him being John. And John would have prevented Him saying, I need to be baptized by you and you come to Me? Jesus answered him, let it be so now for thus it's fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And then he he uh, he conceded and Jesus, when Jesus was baptized, he immediately went to the water and behold, the heavens were open and the spirit of God descended like a dove and coming to rest on him. And a voice from heaven said this. This is my beloved son. In whom. I'm well pleased. Why? I haven't earned it. This, can I paraphrase this to Southern? So God said, This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. God looked and said, Man, I love my boy and I'm proud of him. Now, if I'm Jesus, I'm going to turn around and look at God and go, For what? I haven't turned water into wine yet. I haven't, I haven't raised Lazarus from the dead. I haven't healed the sick lady yet. I haven't cast out demons. I haven't Man, I I haven't done anything. How can you be proud of me when I haven't done anything? Here's what God said. He said, "I'm proud of you because you're mine." Here's here's the moment for you. Could it be that this Christmas you're trying to earn God's favor rather than just receiving it? That you're trying to be holy enough rather than walking in the holiness that God's already given you? You're trying to stay saved when what God is wanting you to do is walk in in a son and daughtership that He created you to do. So it doesn't matter what your mother-in-law thinks about you, or your father-in-law, or your own mama, or your own daddy, or your neighbors, or your sister-in-law, or your sister, or your brother-in-law, or your brother, it doesn't matter if they drive a Mercedes and you drive an 86 Corolla. Approval doesn't come from finance. It comes from the Father. And here's my question. Have you stopped long enough this morning to think about what God would say about you today? Like when God looks at you, would He say, man, that's my girl. That's my boy. I'm proud of you. For what? Just for being you. Have you ever had the worst kid on a sports team? So my son played soccer uh, when, when he was little, and I was his coach. Now, I was a decent soccer player in high school, loved the game. And so I got my son in there, and I tried to make him a fullback, and he just he basically played football back there. So I'm like, well, I'll make him a striker. And he, he ran down, and he scored a goal, and then he's like, okay. And I look, and the next, like, 20 minutes, he's, he's the center field is here, and he'll run five feet on this side, and he'll run five feet on this side. I'm like... Brand, what are you doing? He goes, don't worry. They'll come back. <laughs> I wasn't even sure how to coach past that. It's peewee wee soccer. They're probably coming back. <laughs> and if you know my son, he's, he's a fairly large unit. He ain't running unless something's chasing him. <laughs> he's like, it's okay. We got done... <laughs> He came off the field and I put my hands on, because he's little, right? I put my hands on there and I'm like, dude, good job. (laughs) Not because he was the next Pele, but just because what other people would think was a bad soccer player, I saw as being a really smart human he didn't earn me being proud of him. He, I was proud of him before he went on the field. The same thing. We had a, the same game. Uh, I put him in goalie because, you know, at that age, everybody has to, you got to move them around, let everybody play. Everybody gets a trophy. I wasn't really built for coaching. So, um, <laughs> so I made him the goalie and he stopped a bunch of balls. And, and then there was this kid who kept knocking all of our little kids down. So I called him I said, look, man, I'm going to put you in there and I just want you to guard him. It didn't say knock him down. Said, guard him. So Brandon waits till he touches the ball and he's got his back to Brandon. And Brandon, I just see this truck coming. Woo, woo. It's the only yellow card I've ever seen given in pee-wee soccer. So I called him over and I, I brought him in my ear and I said, you act like I am chewing you out right now and you go back in that game. I've never been more proud of you than I am right now. And we're just... You know why? Because God's proud of us sometimes when other people aren't. When what other people will be critical of you for, God will find great joy and great privilege in you. Well, God, I'm not the most spiritual person. I didn't ask you to be ask you to be my son or daughter yeah but I'm screwed up I know anybody have kids you know where they're screwed up at don't you you ever had to look at your kid go stop you play too much but then at the same time on the inside you're laughing like a hyena because it's pretty funny or you're like hey don't be a bully but they kind of had it coming Let me ask you a question. What would God say about you this morning? Like authentically, like with all your questions and all your problems and all your shortcomings, what would God say about you? Because Jesus said all this before, uh, God said all this about Jesus before He did anything to earn it. Here's what I really want to teach you this morning is you're probably going to be around a lot of family and a lot of friends. Don't feel like you have to work for their approval. Just be accepted by the God who created you. Now, this is only true if you've accepted Jesus. Because if you haven't accepted Jesus, then there's this wall of sin that keeps Him from seeing you in your perfection. He he has to see your fault. Anybody remember um, 3D glasses? Okay, so here's the thing. When that first came out, now I'm going to date myself a little bit. If you took those glasses off... Everything in the movie was offset, and you would feel like you were going to throw up trying to watch that. Maybe go, like, oh my gosh, just put the glasses back on. I don't care if Jaws comes and gets me or not. <laughs> the same is true when God looks at people with unforgiven sin. Well, how are we forgiven? By accepting Jesus into our heart, right? What it does is it takes that skewed image of you and lets God see you through a lens that puts you all back together. Now, here is the thing if you take the glasses off, they're still screwed up. You never stop being flawed. But salvation just puts all the pieces in the right lens by God. Christianity is not about perfection. It's about walking in the sonship and going, God, I'm trying every day to be as much like you as I can. But I'm never going to hit it all. And that's okay. My granddad, my dad's dad, could fix anything. It <laughs> may not be up to code, but it'll work. <laughs> Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh, uh, so, uh, my granddad could fix anything. Again, may not be up to code, but he could fix anything. My dad does not have that gift at all. <laughs> but my dad is great with numbers and like insurance stuff and all that. Got none of it. I hate numbers. I hate details. Like, I'm just, I'm not wired. But here's what I figured out. That when my granddad passed, we missed what was special about him. One day my dad will go on to be with the Lord, should, should we not go by rapture? And I'll miss what was special about him. Here's the thing. There's something special about you that, that when you accept Jesus, that, that special things begins to shine through And can then be used in the lives of other people. So while you don't need to fight for approval this week, you need to be sure to give tons of approval. Compliment your mother-in-law and that thing she brought. (laughs) Compliment. What what is that like? Is it, it's green and it's got stuff in it. Watergate salad. I call it the stuff that looks like vomit. First responders, you've seen that come out and you walk by it and you're like, no, (laughs) that's a solid pass. Can I get a a witness for my first responders? You're like, I do not eat that. Pass. Hard pass right there. But you know what? Hey, mother-in-law, that looks so good. If you like it, man, that's up your alley. Good job. Hey, father-in-law, wait, I'm so glad you taught me how to use a grill because until now, I didn't know. <laughs> Had the opportunity this morning. Two little boys came in. And and honestly, their shoes are dope. Wesley, come here for a second. Quick, quick, quick. Come here. Quick, quick, quick. Everybody give Wesley a round of applause. <laughs> Come stand right here. Tell me these are not the dopest shoes. Yesterday was his birthday. Everybody tell Wesley happy birthday. Happy birthday. Turn sideways. Let them see the sideways profile shot of them shoes. Tell me they made some dope shoes right there. Come on. Good job. Come on, man. Isn't it amazing how when you cheer for somebody and find something good about them, how you can change their day? You just found the secret, not only to Christmas, but to life. One is to receive the acceptance that Jesus gave you. But also to give it to the people around you. People will forget what you do. They'll forget what you say. They never forget how you made them feel. So today's is as you go into other people's house, one, receive that feeling that God gave you. I guarantee you that when God looked at Jesus and said, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased, Jesus was like, man, I needed after 30 years, I needed you to say something to me. I just needed you to tell me I'm still it. I just needed to know that I'm still your boy. Like, before I'm a Savior of the world, I needed to know that I was a son of God. Can I say this? Before I'm a pastor, it's, I have to remember that I'm a son. Before I'm a pastor, I have to remember that I'm a dad and to make my son feel a certain way. Those are, the, those are huge things in my life. Once those are in order, everything else starts to fall. So it doesn't matter if you burn the bread this weekend. doesn't. doesn't matter if you didn't get enough forks. Remember to receive your son or daughtership, but also to give it. We've prepared a closing and we're going to head into a communion moment. Um, can we just pray together? I just really want to give an opportunity for those that are online, those that are in house with every head down, nobody bowed, nobody looking around. If you're here today and you're like, man, I really just, I need to accept that love and forgiveness that you're talking about. Maybe you've never accepted it. Maybe you've walked away from it and this is just a moment of rededicating your life to Jesus. You just slip your hand up. Thank You so much. Can we we pray across this room? Dear Heavenly Father, Father, right now I invite You into my life. life. ask You to forgive me of my sins. sins. Make me right with You. you. In Jesus' name. name. Amen. Amen. Romans 8.15 says this, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. That's dealing with identity. He said this, he said, but you have received the spirit of adoptions as sons and daughters. Can we agree on that? He said, by whom we cry Abba Father, which literally means Daddy Father, which people like dog that down and go, you shouldn't say that. You should never call God Dad. And I'm like, you know, I don't know that I agree with that. I would never look at my dad and go, Father. (laughs) Seems weird, right? Now, some people do. My wife used to call her, her, mom, her dad's mom grandmother. Seemed weird to me. I had mamas and papas. Grandmother. But to them, it was a term of endearment. So whether you want to look at God and call Him Father, or you want to look up at Him and say, ah, but Daddy, man, I just I want relationship with you. Because that Scripture teaches us to focus on our son and daughtership. If you do that, you get identity. And from identity, you're able to give identity. From a, a feeling of wholeness, from knowing that you're everything that you ever had to be, created exactly the way you are, you can give that and instill that in other people. So as sons and daughters, what I would love for us to do, for those of us that are where we're supposed to be with the Lord, in other words, you're you're a son or daughter of the Lord, I, I think that one of the things God does is asks us to, gives us the opportunity to partake in holy communion. Now, what does Holy Communion do? It's simply, Jesus said, as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. This is a moment where on Christmas, we don't always, only celebrate the birth of Jesus, but we take time to remember that He suffered and died for us. So if you're here, uh, you should have already received a Communion cup. If you did not, will you just slip your hand up? We've got some folks that are ready. to yeah, Just keep them up. They're going to walk around, just hand them to you. Uh, And the people who passed them out literally do not have them. (laughs) Which is different. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you, Jimmy. Um, I've got three here and like three or four or five here. Six, seven, eight. So Jesus is preparing to go to the cross. And He's at this meal that we call the Last Supper. Can you imagine um, that as we head into Christmas that you sit down at a table and somebody tells you that this will be the last time that they're with you? I kind of wish some people in my life had been able to tell me the last Christmas I was going to have with them. The last birthday, the last... Jesus looks at him and says, "Hey this is, this is going to be the last time that I'm here." Scripture says this in Matthew chapter 26. It said, "Now as they were eating, Jesus took the bread. Now this was a where we have small wafers, this was a, a large piece of bread and he began to break it and he passed it out. He passed it to his disciples and he said, "Eat this. This is my body. So as we prepare to take communion, we just receive the wafer, which is the body of Christ. Then Jesus took a cup and He blessed it and given thanks, He said, Drink this, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out on many for the forgiveness of sins. Now here's the amazing thing. Jesus said, as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, do in remembrance of me. What's he saying? He said, man, I was wounded for your transgressions. I was bruised for iniquities and by your stripes they were healed. Meaning this, that, that Jesus' blood not only covers sin, but it also covers sickness, and it always also covers worry, and it also covers, it's a remembrance that that the blood of Christ that flowed through him. Can you imagine how precious it is? Also flows through your body. You know, anybody watch History Channel and they're like, search for the Holy Grail. <laughs> I really think God looks up there and goes, "You're looking for the solo cup," because the cup's not important. The cup was just a cup. It's like trying to find the holy Domino's box. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm, I really don't mean it funny. There's nothing great about a Domino's box. Did you know that you can take that you can take Ruth Chris, arguably one of the most expensive steakhouses in America. The to-go box isn't the valuable part. It's what was in it. Jesus said, said, man, people get all jacked up on finding the cup when what you really need to do is find the blood. You need to find that forgiveness. You need to find that wholeness. You need to take my brokenness and let me be the one that was broken so that you could be whole. So today, as we lean into Christmas, and and I know you've got a thousand places to be today. Can we just pray? Father, as we prepare to dismiss, Lord, I just ask that you, first of all, let us receive our son and daughtership, God, that you let us walk out of here being confident that we're your children. Father, I ask that in this place and in this space, God, that you bring people to the place where not only they receive that, but Father, not... Not only freely do we receive, but freely we give. God, let us give forgiveness. Let us give compliments. Let us give affirmations, God, because we want to look and sound like you. God, let us remember that this is the day you were born. But Father, let us also remember that because you were born, you died. That you died in your brokenness so that we could be whole. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for being part of our Thrive Tribe. If you want to partner with this ministry and what the Lord is doing here at Thrive, visit thrivechurchonline.com and click on the Give tab. Help us reach more people just like you by rating and subscribing to this podcast. You don't want to miss what's coming next.